0: Welcome to the team podcast. This podcast is for you, our teams. We want to share some stuff that we're learning and growing through that we think will help you serve God and
1: others. I'm Ron Hudson, the lead pastor at Calvary Baptist Church. And I'm Seth Frank, campus minister for Morehead Christian Student Fellowship at Morehead State University. We've been thinking about how insecurity impacts our lives here recently. So this week we are gonna talk about insecurity. So Ron, what is insecurity?
0: So insecurity, um, according to the Google Internet definition, is uncertainty or anxiety about oneself, a lack of confidence, or the state of being open to danger or threat. So kind of being afraid or having lack of per- protection.
1: What? All right, that's kind of a complex answer. Right? What What does uh, insecurity actually mean for you? So for
0: me, um, insecurity is the belief that. I'm not good enough, um, you know, as we've talked about before. Um, But not only am I not good enough, but everybody else knows it. Everybody else believes I'm not enough, too. And that's that feeling of, oh, I start freaking out and start worrying about what other people are thinking about me because I'm making up all kinds of stories in my head.
1: Right, right. So if if I'm not enough, um, then I have to go out and prove myself. And sometimes it feels like I just I'm not that safe. I don't have that safety in my life. If I have to prove myself constantly to others that I'm worthwhile. Absolutely. Hmm. So um, we've been talking about it in a couple of different aspects uh, from uh, personal life to leadership. How, how does insecurity actually hurt us? Is there actually a problem with it? Isn't it good to be aware of those places where you're not safe and, and to go prove that you actually have worthwhile to some people?
0: Um, you know what? I don't think insecurity is ever, ever helpful. I think it's good for us to understand our weaknesses, but not to be insecure about them. In insecurity is has hurt me more than it's it's helped me, and it's hurt me because insecurity causes me to overreact to a figment of my imagination. And I give I kind of use this illustration: when you're driving down the road and you think you see something out of the the corner of your eye, maybe it's in that that blind spot, or you 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 see something fly by, and so then you you jerk the steering wheel. And, it, you know, if you jerk the steering wheel and then run into a telephone pole and wreck, that's pretty much what's happening with insecurity. There's this figment of your imagination, this, this boogeyman that you're afraid of. And so you, you course correct or freak out or make a knee jerk reaction, get defensive in order to fight off the boogeyman when the boogeyman only exists in your head and you're projecting that on everyone else around you and that that has hurt me that's i think that's where we see leaders or or people in our families who just they seem like a normal easygoing person and all of a sudden they just blow up and they're acting crazy and what is going on what are you doing that that is not that is so out of character and they're making accusations you're like where is this coming from it's coming from insecurity they think the boogeyman is out to get them and they think you're the boogeyman and the same thing can happen to me it happened to me um just a a week ago I think uh, like Wednesday night I'm sitting there we're watching this video for our team um, talking about how to be small group leaders and it's this really cool video and I'm super excited for our team to learn this stuff and my kids are playing in the background and they're making all kind of noise and they're in the auditorium and I'm sitting there and all this stuff's flowing through my head I'm a bad dad everybody thinks I'm a bad dad because my kids are making noise I need to go make them shut up I need to get up I need to go you know but I don't want to get up because then I'll cause a big scene because I'm sitting in the middle of the group and then I'm disrupting that and am I going to make it worse and eventually like I'm just like oh and I Everyone else, who knows? Maybe they were thinking about the kids. Maybe they were thinking, wow, those kids are, are kind of loud. That's annoying. But they're probably just trying to watch the video. And they're not. The last thing they're thinking about is the kind of leader that Ron is. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. So I did get up and I went and I talked to my kids. But I had to calm myself down and not overreact. Because I could react to my kids and go be harsh and mean because I'm worried about their behavior affecting what other people think about me. And I think I've seen parents do that. I've seen pastors do that. And that's damaging to your relationship with your kids. That's damaging to your relationship with your family. So I go to my kids and I say, hey, guys, you know, we're having a meeting. You can't really play in here right now. I know you didn't know, but I need you to go in the office and be quiet. And so they got up and they left the room. And then a little bit later, they came back and made more noise. Maybe it was my kids, maybe it was someone else's kids, but. But I was able to kind of calm myself down and insecurity, if I would have let, if I would have believed insecurity, if I would have let that kind of take and control me, it would have meant I was screaming at my kids, calling them disrespectful, calling them unkind because don't you see we have a meeting going on when they're just kids. They didn't ask to be there. And, you know, I I shouldn't approach them like that in that situation because I didn't tell them ahead of time.
1: I know for me in places where I'm feeling insecure, then um, I want to... I want to try to prove my worth um, to others, um, and so I want to start kind of—I um, would call it puffing myself up—that um, see how smart I am, see how clever I am, um, and I, I can very much uh, fall into kind of pride, um, which is weird because typically when I've heard people talk about pride, it—it um, it, it is applied to people that are. Are very secure in themselves. That insecurity is kind of this means to fight pride. That insecurity means humility, Mm. and so it's a good thing. You want to be insecure. You want to be humble because that will keep you from being pride. But in my own life, I find that um, it's usually insecurity that's encouraging me to puff up pride. Uh, What do you think about that? How how does have you seen insecurity as a means to fight pride, or what do you think about that?
0: No, you know, we could think that insecurity would be a means to fight pride. But it's, it's really not. Like you said, pride is, is born out of this belief that you can't express weakness. And I can tell when someone is having a conversation with me because they have something important that they need, that they have a question about, that they want to ask, or that they need to talk about, or because they just want to feel important. And when you're in a leadership position and someone's coming to you and they want to have a conversation with you just because they want to feel important, that feels very fake. It feels, it doesn't feel genuine. And that's, that's insecurity. They just want to feel important. I know I've been that guy where I go and I talk to a, a famous leader, you know, and I or something. And I, I just want them to know me and I want to feel something that's that's insecurity. And it's pe- 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 people could see it a mile away. And we, we kind of can hide behind that, um, you know, so, so that's does that answer your question? Is that kind of what you were talking about or?
1: Yeah, yeah um and uh part of uh another know the questions've I've come across uh, for me is that sometimes you know if helping pride though as we've just said it doesn't really help us but other times that insecurity would seemingly be beneficial wouldn't um, especially because you're saying insecurity because of the bogeyman isn't really there mm-hmm. but what happens when the bogeyman really is there um so being prepared insecurity can help us be prepared for disasters so an earthquake happens or a terrorist attack we should wouldn't insecurity be beneficial in those times?
0: Okay, so I wouldn't call that insecurity. I would call that um, having sharp senses and knowing when, as a leader, it's a made-up boogeyman in your head versus a real-life threat, and being able to distinguish between that. And that comes with maturity. We see with little children; they're scared to death to go up, go to sleep at night in a dark room. You know, my kids have all gone through. Both my kids have gone through this phase and Jake, he's, you know, six years old. He still has some nights where he goes to bed and he's like, I don't want to go to bed. It's dark. And that's an, that's an irrational fear that something is going to get them. Now we know the world's a dangerous place. Theoretically something could maybe come and get us, but that's not likely to happen. (coughs) That's, that's not likely to happen. So I go to bed and I don't freak out that something's going to jump out of the closet and eat me alive because I'm a mature adult. However, if I'm out late at night and I'm in a neighborhood that I don't know and I'm in a space I don't know and I see some people walking my way, yeah, I have heightened senses because I know this this could be a dangerous situation. I don't know what these people's intention is. I don't know them. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to heighten my senses based on more mature interpretation of that but it's not about it's not about you know what these people think of me it's about i need to be ready to deal with whatever situation comes my
1: way hmm. so part of what you're saying is um there's not there's not really benefits to this insecurity um because even if you're in a dangerous situation being a whole of yourself being able to be secure in your own identity and know who you are is going to actually be more beneficial to you dealing with a dangerous situation than just sitting in a place where you're you're full of anxiety and insecure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm having the mindset of I need to be ready to deal with whatever comes, mm-hmm. and so I need to mm-hmm. be fully aware and fully engaged and fully present is completely different than I need to manage what everyone else is thinking about me right now.
1: Does being secure mean that you
0: don't have any weaknesses? No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that you don't have weaknesses. Weakness. Um, I think that idea, that mentality, that. I can't have weaknesses is born out of pride and that is born out of insecurity. Pride is born out of this belief that I cannot express weakness because to express weakness means it's wrong. And so when something is just flat out wrong, instead of saying, this is something that we struggle with and this is attention, tension and this is something we need to manage in our lives, this is something we need to, to bring to Christ, um, it's something that's just horrible and something that cannot exist so that we just deny its existence. And we just pretend like it's not real. And that never actually deals with it. That just, it's it's horrible. And pride is often an overreactive, defensive reaction to insecurity. And so I feel this weakness. Now I'm freaked out. Everyone else is going to see the weakness. So I need to talk up my strengths. I feel this weakness. Now I'm freaked out. Everyone's going to see my weakness. So I interpret that thing you just said that has nothing to do with that as an attack an attack on my weakness. You're trying to get at my weakness. Cause you just, you just asked me that question. Obviously they know that I'm not good at that. And so he just wants to point out that I'm no good. And and then next thing, you know, we're jumping and someone's face defensively course correcting right into a telephone pole and taking us ourselves and, and our whole team with us. If we're, if we're leading.
1: So um, we've talked primarily about um, insecurity when it comes to our personal lives and what's going on in our own heads. Um, can you have, is there insecurity in leadership? Isn't that part of being a leader having insecurity?
0: Absolutely. Insecurity in leadership is just unavoidable from from everything that I've seen. I don't know anybody that's a leader that's not insecure on some level. And I think in ministry, a lot of times, pastors especially, it's so easy to be insecure. I was listening to Carrie uh, Newhoff's podcast, and he was interviewing a guy named Josh Gagnon. And he was talking about insecurity as pastors. And it's, it's hard when you're in a helping profession, like a pastor or social worker or counselor, because at the end of the day, you can't measure what you did. You can't measure the quote unquote work that you accomplished. You can't see how many packages were loaded or how many yards were cut or how many buildings were built. It's just, so it's really easy because we don't have a measure of success. A lot of times, to just be really insecure about what we're doing, about whether we're succeeding, about whether we're effective or not. And it leaves a wide open hole to to have that kind of come into our lives.
1: So if insecurity is part of leadership, then um, just so we are know of it and are aware of it, uh, what are the dangers if you are an insecure leader? So the dangers
0: for an insecure leader is overreaction or underreaction. Um the, the dangers are overreacting or underreacting to a situation. We talked about overreacting a little bit. That's seeing the boogeyman and then freaking out. I've got to deal with this and course correcting right into a telephone pole and wrecking the car. The other flip side of that, the other extreme is underreaction, denying that there's an issue, denying that you need to go have that really difficult confrontational conversation with that team member or that person. Ah, I don't need we don't need to talk about we don't need to address that it'll probably just go away on its own It's probably nothing it you know That was probably just a one-time mistake or a one-time thing that won't that'll never become part of our culture And next thing, you know, yeah, it is next thing, you know, it's out of control It's bigger than it ever was and then because you let it go by the first 15 times and then to come address it, it's like, well, where is this? This is coming out of left field. We've been doing this all along. Uh, what do you mean we shouldn't act this way or treat people this way or do this thing? And you underreacted out of insecurity. Well, who am I to go address this? What are they going to think? I, you know, I don't want to be that guy that says, well, we can't do that or we shouldn't do that. Or, You know, they're going to think I'm crazy or that I'm an idiot or that I'm overreact. They're going to think I'm overreacting, so I'll underreact. <laughs> and all it does,
1: yeah, I noticed that too. In uh, those situations, it's kind of like I talked about a little bit before of saying I puff up um, when I'm insecure. But I think it's also true that um, in addition to puffing up um, and making ourselves look bigger or, or or more secure, more interesting, or whatever, more whatever, um, another part of it is to shrink away. And that way, maybe you won't notice me as much. Yeah, you won't notice these things that I'm worried about and I'm insecure about. It. And so I shrink away and shrink away and shrink away. And yeah, you're right. Both of those are incredibly dangerous for leaders to do because um, they end up in us not being very good leaders. Yeah, you're not um, leading anything. So <laughs> if if that is true, if that's true that those are kind of things you've done, then how have you dealt with um, insecurity in leadership poorly? Because we all have. <laughs> it's something we all do. Yeah. How have you How have you dealt with that?
0: So the first one of the first things I tried was to deny power. Um, to just say, well, I'm just Ron, you know, I'm not Pastor Ron. I don't have to use a title. I don't have to to acknowledge the privilege or the power, the authority of a position that I've actually been given. And so I'm just one of the guys and I just happen to, you know, have the ability to break ties on a team. And what I, by diminishing kind of my role and downplaying my role, downplaying my role, I thought I'm being a humble guy. I'm being one of the team. I'm trying to be a good leader, but more often than not I would I would forget that my words had power and so I would be just joking or nonchalant and hurting somebody and saying things I shouldn't say and making decisions uh, half-heartedly or off the cuff that I didn't know I was making and
1: right yeah yeah so that's kind of the shrinking away underreacting yeah okay.
0: the other way is to know all the things um and I've seen this in other people I think I started out when I was younger I tried to be this guy any any question anybody on the team had I had to know it it's like well i gotta know the answer i gotta know i gotta be the know it all there, there can't be any question that somebody can ask that I don't know because that means I'm a bad leader that means i don't i don't know what what I'm doing and they'll all they'll all know that I'm a fake and then it'll all come crumbling down and when I say i'm a fake that's that's born out of insecurity that's that imposter syndrome that's that the voice inside my head saying you're not good enough you're not worthy you're not so that at, born out of that insecurity is this i have to answer everything and so then i would answer things i had no business answering answer them wrong pull ideas out of the air maybe and just so that i would i would have an answer now luckily that was pretty short lived for me i didn't i didn't do that for a long time but I did that enough times, a couple of times where I thought, you know, I'm never going to do this again. And early on, I heard a leader say, just everybody knows what that you're 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 just talking. And I, I would see other leaders around me do that. And I'd be like, you don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> and I would say that to them out loud. I'm like, you're just making stuff up. I saw people do that enough that I said, I'm not going to do that. So I just say, I don't know. I don't know. I'll go find out. I'll try to find out. But I really don't know. And people respect that so much more.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of the puffing up or the overaction. How have you dealt with, if that's how you've done it poorly, how have you dealt with it in a healthy way?
0: So more as as I've grown, just admitting that I don't know things, being vulnerable with my team. um, There's a book uh, by Patrick Lencioni called The Advantage, and he studies how vulnerability, and he says this in the book, he says, vulnerability is the currency of intimacy and leaders go first. Vulnerability is the currency of intimacy and leaders go first. And if you want people to be vulnerable, if you're not vulnerable, you won't find the problems. If you don't find the problems, you can't fix the problems as a leader. You can't help the team. Your team suffers quietly when you could have the resources to help them, but they're suffering quietly because of insecurity and they're suffering through insecurity because you're modeling for them that admitting insecurity is, is a cardinal sin. It's not acceptable. And so when we start modeling for them, Hey guys, I'm, I'm a little bit insecure about this, or I don't know, I don't know the answer to this. We have a, and, and you got to be careful. You don't want to just come out and say, I have no idea what I'm doing here. you know, <laughs> Cause that's that hopefully that's not true. And that's usually never true. These, these feelings of insecurity aren't because we actually have no clue what we're doing. It's because we don't, we don't feel like we're as confident as other people are. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like we feel like mm-hmm. we're not as intelligent as someone else is, but we don't know So <laughs> I'm not as good at
1: this as I should be.
0: I'm not as good at this as I should be, or that I think other people might be. And so that's that's really where it's born out of. It's it's not I have no game plan, I have no no idea, I have no strategy, I haven't thought this through. I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. That's that's hopefully that's not the case. And that's that's rarely ever the case. Um, that, that happens, but even when you have a plan and you, you know all, you've done the research and you tried to figure things out, there's always a level of, I'm not sure about this, but we're going to take this step. We're going to try this. So for us, bringing vulnerability in as a, as a piece of our culture has been through, through this idea of innovation and testing. So we say, hey, we're going to try something. We're going to innovate. We're going to test. We're going to try this out. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. If it fails miserably, we'll know that doesn't work and we'll try something else. But that allows our team then to know, okay, I'm going to try something. I'm going to test something. If it doesn't work, no big deal. We found out it doesn't work. And that brings creativity, innovation. We ask questions. We can debrief at the end of events. What went well? What was awesome? What do we want to do next time? What could we do better? What should we never do again? Those kind of questions. Um, what If we had it over to do again, what would what would we fix? Those kind of of pieces, where was there a lack of clarity? Where was there uncertainty? Finding the, those kind of questions as you debrief about things, they give an opportunity to say, hey, "We expect to expose our weaknesses." So admitting I don't know was one. Um, admitting weakness, everybody on your team knows your weakness. It's not hidden. You're not good at hiding it. I'm not good at hiding it. They all know that um, if they come and ask me a question, I'm going to be derailed for the for the day and talk about the sky and dreams and unicorns and flying over the rainbow cause I'm a visionary kind of guy and I'll be lost and they all know I'm going to read a new book every couple of weeks and have these great fanciful ideas. And, um, yeah. and so I admit that and tell them, Hey guys, these are the, these are the important things that we're going to do throughout the year. These are the big chunks. And when I come in with crazy ideas, maybe they fly, maybe they don't. But it's it's okay. Don't freak out. Don't change. We're never changing direction. <laughs> you
1: know. Sure. But there's those places where we have weaknesses and we're aware of them and we know other people are aware of them. But there's also those places in us that aren't really – they're different than weaknesses. They're those places where we actually feel vulnerable that um, we know we've screwed up there in the past and we've, we've been hurt or we've hurt others and we don't want to be hurt in those ways again. You're talking about being vulnerable in some of this stuff and how 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 can you lead and still be vulnerable? Uh, because it seems like to lead today you need to be perfect and you need to be good at it and if you aren't good enough then you're out of leadership. So
0: I don't I don't have the answer to that and, I, and I'm being vulnerable about this. I don't have the full-on answer to that but I've seen it done the other way. I've seen it done by the generations before me the other way where you cover everything up, where you don't be vulnerable, where you don't express weakness and that didn't work. Not only did it not work, it created toxic cultures and environments that I didn't want anything to do with. So I'm banking and maybe I'm going a little bit too much to the other extreme, but I'm banking and I'm, I'm almost to the point as a leader where I feel like if I can't be vulnerable with the team I have, and lead in a way where I can be authentic then I don't want it I don't want to do it I'm just not interested in it if I can't have true friendships with the people I serve God with then why am I doing this you know I'm not I'm not interested in pastoring a church I don't want to attend so uh, I'm not interested in leading a small group that I don't actually want to be at and be involved in the lives of those people and care about them and them know me and be known and that's what I want And so I'm going to err on the side of being vulnerable. Now, with that said, there's wisdom, like we talked about, of knowing when to share and what oversharing is and knowing your position as a leader and when it would be inappropriate, say you're an adult and you have a struggle with pornography. It's not appropriate for you to to ask a 15-year-old to be your accountability partner. And we're going to talk this out and hold each other accountable. No, but you can go ask a guy in your small group to be your accountability partner, um, or another adult, or another a pastor at another church. If that was your issue, um, maybe you're having a marital issues. Well, it's not. It's not appropriate for you to ask that guy you're discipling to hold you accountable about spending time with your wife. You know, maybe um, who's single. You know, and he's in college. But you can go talk to another man in the church or another woman in the church and say, hey um i want to pray with you i want to meet with you regularly and let's let's hold each other accountable in these areas and deal with with real stuff you're not going to be you're not going to expose all of the struggles of your life to everybody on your team but there should be somebody somewhere either inside the organization or outside the organization that you connect with regularly and you are vulnerable and then you share appropriately and say this is This is some stuff I'm dealing with and that's going on. This is some stuff I've dealt with in the past. And I know I'm weak in this area. I don't want to fall in this area. So these are the safeguards I'm setting up in my life. You know, for me, I know, I know my areas of weakness. And so I meet every week with you. I meet every week with some other pastors and I have a meeting and they go down a list of questions and we ask each other, did you do this this week? Did you... For me, like, did you follow your productivity system? Did you spend intentional time with your wife, intentional time with your kids? Did you do your daily quiet time like, and, and other questions so that I'm held accountable because I know the areas where I can slip and the areas where I can get off track. And so creating that kind of intentionality and because I'm vulnerable, now that I have amazing relationships that are intimate and real I don't really want any other kind of relationship. I don't have time for people who are going to be fake. I just, I'm not interested in that. So I I don't know if that answers your question or not.
1: Yeah. What I'm, what I'm hearing you say, um, and I think is also true that, um, when it comes to insecurity, there are lots of easy things to do that come off poorly when it comes to leadership. Hmm. It is easy to shrink away, um, and deny power or avoid topics. It is easy to puff up and act like we know all the things, and and you know, gung ho. I know the plans, and you can just follow me and trust me, and we'll go forward. Yeah. Um, but the really the only healthy way to deal with insecurity is something that's really scary and really hard, which is vulnerability um, of being willing to say, "Yeah, this is who I really am," and I know there's times where I've been hurt by sharing this with people, um, and having that in a appropriate context. Um, but not having to act like I, I am overreacting and not puffing up, and not having to act like I'm underreacting and, and shrinking, but being who I really am, weaknesses and strengths and all. Yeah. Um, and trusting that the other people around me will care about me um, and also work, continue to work together um, so that we can do what is really good, um, either in church or in campus ministry or wherever we are. Um, and So it's going, it sounds like it's always going to be a temptation to deal with insecurity poorly, and it's going to be difficult to deal with it healthily in a healthy manner. So how, how can we be aware um, when we are being insecure so we can know we need to run towards vulnerability rather than put puffing up or shrinking away?
0: Yeah. So for me to know if I'm, if I'm being insecure or, reacting out of insecurity, the, the one question I ask myself is, am I just am I trying to manage perception? Am I trying to manage what other people think of me in this situation or am I putting all of my energy into leading to what we as a team and what God has inspired us to do? And when I'm when I'm thinking God has told us to do this and how can I accomplish that as, as my part in the team then I'm not leading out insecurity. I'm doing the thing and I know I can't do it perfectly, but I'm going to do whatever I can to do what I feel God's called us to do and what we've laid out and what we've agreed to do as a team. When that, when that energy shifts away from doing what I feel God's called me to do and leading to trying to manage the perception of other people on the team at a given time, whether that's just in a meeting or uh, this, this happens is for speakers. I noticed this in speaking with youth group, um, and I noticed this in one of our communicators. I noticed this in myself where you start to feel like the audience isn't paying attention to you. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But I noticed the other night, James, um, he's speaking and he is doing a phenomenal job and just connecting with the students. And he says something and they're so engaged that they want to start a conversation immediately about what he said. And so they turned to their neighbor and they're laughing and they're making some comments about this joke he said. And they're just fully engaged. And there's such a temptation in that moment to feel like I've lost them. Your insecurity can say they're not listening to me, they're not paying attention, they don't, they don't care about what I'm saying, I'm not connecting, I'm a bad speaker, and Ron's here, and he's watching me too, and you know this other guy's here, and ah, uh, and then we can overreact, and all of a sudden, we seem strange. And then you can start trying to manage perceptions, and then you're trying to get their attention. And I've seen this in speakers, they start screaming, are you all awake this morning? Y'all need to wake up, you know? And it's like, well, maybe they were quiet because they're taking notes and they're really interested in what you have to say. But now you're screaming and it looks weird. And I'm like, why are you yelling? It's because they're out of, it's insecurity. They're reacting. And so when I'm trying to manage the perception of others, manage what you think about me, manage what I think you feel about me or what you're going to say about me to someone else, when I'm trying to manage all of that, then I'm wasting energy. And that's, that's always out of insecurity. I should instead be spending energy on being the man of integrity that God's called me to be in each situation and leading to do the things that we say we're going to do to be a church where broken people find hope and helping broken people find hope, not just worried about what people think about me. And that's, that's how I know when I'm being insecure, when I'm starting to freak out about what will people think rather than what does God want me to do? Does that make sense?
1: Yes, it does. Um, I think um, kind of another way of saying managing perception is also just. I know, I know. I'm being insecure when I'm being fake. I'm not being who I truly am. Um, part of that means I have to know who I truly am. Sure. Um, and and part of it need, means I need to be aware of when am I just faking it in front of these people. Mm. Um, and usually it's that faking it that they're, I'm trying to get them to like me. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to get them to. Like the perception of me that I want them to have. And people hate that. Um,
0: people can see right yeah, through absolutely. it. They can and see fake, they can smell fake, <laughs> and they hate fake.
1: Absolutely. Um, and so those times when I'm being fake, um, then I need to – and when, you know, like you said, when you're managing perception, we just need to take a, a step back and say, hang on, <laughs> what's going on here? Right. What is making me insecure? And have those people around us that we can go and and as you said earlier um acknowledge what's happening and talk through it and and make sure sometimes it's a physiological perception my heart starts beating a little bit faster my sw- uh palms of my hands get sweaty um and there are these triggers that can say hey hold on a second i am starting to feel insecure here what's going on yeah um, yeah that that's really helpful so is there anything else that um we need to talk about with insecurity. Yeah, one less Anything? one less thing.
0: Like I talked about with the kids, I was starting to feel really insecure that they're making a lot of noise, and so I have to ask myself this question: What should I do as a leader, of an, that has integrity? I should go tell my kids to go play in another room. Okay, so I could try to manage and say I could try to justify it or avoid it, but just because you're insecure doesn't mean it's an a issue that doesn't need dealt with either. So ask yourself, what is my decision of integrity and deal with it? Kind of like you said, and, and face it head on and deal with the situation regardless of well, what, what will people think? You know, it, it, what will they think if you don't deal with it? It's going to be worse, you know? Um, So, so ask yourself just because you're insecure doesn't mean it's, it's an issue you should avoid. Oftentimes that's the one issue you should really go head on and deal with. But don't overreact and don't underreact.
1: Yeah, kind of the question is, if if I am who I really want to be, what would I do in this situation? Yeah. Um, would I would I go and and you know yell at my kids? No, that's not who I want to be. Would I go and spank them in front of everyone? No, that's not who I want to right. be. Um, would I go and and work with them to make sure that they were taken care of and the small group is taken care of? Yeah, that's exactly who I want to be. Right. Um, and so asking that question of who do I want to be and who is Christ making me to be? Yeah. Another. I'll
0: do that. Another way of putting it, and I think Bill Hybels said this, and, and then we can wrap up, is what would a great leader do? What would a great leader do? Not a good leader or a mediocre leader. What would a great leader do in this situation? Because we usually know. And that's that usually isn't. A great leader would do the thing that honors Christ. A great leader would do the thing of integrity. A great leader, you know, and we know what that thing is. A great leader would get up and go handle the situation with grace and kindness and then come back. What would a great leader do? And and kind of answer that question. And, you know, that's another one that Andy Stanley likes and Bill Hyvels and smarter people than me have come up with that. So that's, that's a good one. So, okay, that's it for this week. You can connect with... With me at PastorHudson.com or our church website, YourCBCFamily.org.
1: You can find me at our website, www.mcsf.is. MCSF.is.
0: All right. we Love you guys.
1: Thank you so much for serving.